Little Coats Podcast presents Running Up the Score with Pete and Tom. Hey everybody, welcome to a special edition of Running Up the Score, uh, Fat Guys and Little Coats. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Pete. And I know that the intro said with Pete and Tom, but sorry guys, you have me and my limited sports knowledge today. Oh, it's a special Don't don't be negative with yourself on that sports <laughs> stuff. You know things. I know You're I smart. know things about Phillies and Giants and Devils. That's about it. <laughs> um yeah, it's a special episode because we have two pretty big sports topics to talk about this week, Pete. We're going to talk about, um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say the Super Bowl. I don't know. I hope we, the NFL don't sue us because apparently on the radio, they're not allowed to say the Super Bowl. You ever notice they always say the big game? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So hopefully we won't get in trouble we'll, for saying we'll say the big game. And we'll say the NFL championship game. <laughs> I'm sure Roger um, Goodell's listening to us right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's one of the 30. Uh, <laughs> 31. <then> we're, <laughs> so we're going to share our thoughts on the game, and um, then we're going to transition into uh, the Major League Baseball announced their Hall of Fame inductees for 2019 and just give a little um, our, our opinions on that. Some guy named Mo made it, apparently. Yes, I'm scared of his teeth, I heard. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's right. So we're going to talk about that. Okay. All right. Got so, Pete, the big game this past Sunday. The big game, that's right. Between the Los Angeles, no more St. Louis Rams, and the Patriots. <laughs> yeah. The cheaters. No, I don't think they're cheaters, to be honest with you. Anyway, go ahead. All right, Pete, opening thoughts on the game. Well, uh, yeah, go ahead. Opening thoughts on the game. Well, first of all, I have to say that this game should have been the Patriots and the Rams. Uh, the Patriots and the uh, Saints, because of that. I, I mean, I know, I don't know if you saw the, the Rams and the Saints uh, national cha- uh NFC Championship game. Yeah, there was some kind of ref blown call, or they made a call they shouldn't have made. Right, they didn't make a call on a, an obvious pass interference, um, and it should have been uh, unsportsmanlike conduct as well, uh, which ultimately cost the, the Saints the game. Uh, and for those Saints fans that do listen, I say wah just to the fact of the tuck rule because I've been um. I've been screwed by Brady. <laughs> um, so, but again. It was that egregious that there was no reason why that call wasn't made. If that call's made, the Saints go in, they score a touchdown, and the game is over. And we're, we're watching Drew Brees lose to Tom Brady instead of watching Garrett Goff. Really? You think, I don't know. I think Drew Brees would have had a better game. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think the Saints offense. Again, so the start, we get to, we get to the champ. You know, we this happens, the Rams well, win the game, right? Right. Let me ask you this okay. real quick. What, weren't there some... Questionable calls in the AFC Championship game too. There was, there was a call, uh, but not as egregious. No, but again, because it was Brady, it was called on Brady. You know, the whole world goes up in arms, and of course, I'm so used to it now. I mean, it's it's 17 years of Tom Brady not getting not getting hit, and they call a penalty if he gets looked at. The call that that they're talking about, Brady was getting tackled as he was as he threw the ball. From the back side, the back judge made the call. And it, from the back, it looks like the guy's ripping Brady's mask, face mask. Where right. in actuality, he's just coming across the chest. And he threw the flag. Now, as of right now at the NFL, uh, you can't challenge a, a yellow flag. So, therefore, that put the, the, uh, the Patriots 
back to another first down. It was it would have been third and 14 instead of first and 10, 15 yards up. And then, as they say, the rest is history. Right. Right. So we get to the big game now. It's uh, Sunday. What did you before we even get into it? What did you what did you do for the game? Uh, I stayed home. I, as you know, I traveled this past weekend, and I, I flew back in Sunday. Uh, I landed around one ish. I stepped into my house about two thirty. Uh, you had invited me to, to hang out with you, um, but I was just exhausted from the weekend of, of traveling and, and you know why I had to travel the work I was doing. Um, and I was fine because I had to get ready for the work week and doing laundry and such like that. So. Because I, I wasn't hyped for the game anyway, because I don't care either way. I mean, I wanted New England to lose because, you know, if you live outside of New England, like you wanted else. New England to lose. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I watched it here. I was, it was home. And I look, it was definitely a defensive, a wonderful defensive clinic on both sides up until the fourth quarter. Uh, but, you know, as everybody knows, defensive games are boring games. <laughs> right. No, you're right. So I was bored by the game. <laughs> and then I, I got to be honest with you. I, I can't remember one commercial I thought was really good. I mean, granted, the Avengers saying right after kickoff was fantastic. But other than that, I of course I can't remember. I couldn't find any of them to be memorable. I thought halftime was lame. Um, yeah. Well, I thought, you know, I, I will say the, the best commercial that they had was the besides the Avengers and Captain Marvel, because um, I know us the geek side of this yeah. whole program. <laughs> um, so uh, I would say, you know, the hundredth anniversary the hundredth anniversary of the NFL, that commercial with all the players and the ball getting Oh yeah, that was a good see I like that commercial, but I don't uh, you know, I don't know I was talking to a coworker about this. I don't know I didn't recognize a lot of the players. So I think if you knew everybody or most of them, that you'd appreciate it more because it's like, oh, there's so and so, there's so and so. But it was, it was that was a good commercial. I know Saquon was in it. I know Odell was in it. Yeah. Um, I, I know Peyton was in it. <laughs> um, and then I'm lost. <laughs> so, yeah. but all right. So yeah. go ahead. No, go ahead. All right. So going into the game, you and I definitely, if we were not like I said, I was not rooting for anybody, but I didn't want the Patriots to win. I feel you're pretty much the same. Um, I was surprised by how, again, I haven't watched the Rams all year, so maybe they played this way all year, but their defense was ridiculously good. Because, look, say what you want about Tom Brady, he's he's a great quarterback. And they were they were defending his receivers very, very well, except for Edelman. They had no real answer for Edelman. He deserved the MVP. But um, I think Jared Goff, Golf is that his name? Jared Golf, yeah. Yeah, I think he played scared. That's why when we were saying if New England, if New Orleans had gotten in, I think it would have been a better game because Drew Brees, he'll he'll take the hit, he'll stand in the pocket and take the hit. Golf was just he was afraid to take a hit. It looked like, I think, um, at least early in the game. To I me, I think one of the problems with the for the Rams was, you know, first of all, before I say that, I went into this game thinking, okay, Brady Golf, I was pretty positive Patriots going to win. I didn't think it was going to be 13 to three. I thought it was going to be like 35 to 31 uh, because I didn't think their defenses would play that you know that well against each other, which obviously I was wrong. But um, I think part of the Rams losing was one. Todd Gurley didn't look like Todd Gurley. He hasn't looked like Todd Gurley in the last three weeks. Uh, they're not saying that he's hurt, but you know he wasn't playing a lot. 
So what, what, like, I understand maybe before during the playoffs, you know, not giving away that he's hurt, but why, why, why now they're still denying it? The game's over. Everybody saw he didn't play well. They didn't play him. There were some important plays and downs they didn't play him for. So if he's hurt, why not just come out and admit it now? You know, like what's, what's the point of holding it in? Uh, You know what? That's a good question. I'm not really sure. I think that, you know, they want, maybe it's just to save face and, you know, you know, in that ultimately that's what it comes down to. But um, I think one, like I said, you know, Bill Belichick outcoached Wade Phillips defensively. Wade Phillips is the defensive coordinator for the uh, the Rams, um, and the, and he outcoached uh, McVay on the offense. Uh, not that Brady had a great day. Obviously, he did not. Julian Edelman had a great day. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, this is the first non-Super Bowl. This is the first Super Bowl with a, with a quarterback. Not throwing a touchdown in I think thirty years. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, so, so the Eagle fans out there, uh, Nick Foles has the last touchdown pass in a, in a Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> I, Todd Gurley was the big thing. I think, like you said, uh, uh, Goff just did not look like he was ready for this game. Yeah. And it's yeah. Pittsburgh. And, and again, like I said, uh, the Patriots defense came out saying, you know, we're not a joke either here, because obviously, like, the Rams defense, they have Sue, they have the best player on defense in the whole NFL with Aaron Donald, but 20 sacks this season, and, you know, they just could not. I mean, they, they did a decent job keeping Brady from throwing 6,000 yards, but the, right. pa- the Patriots and Tom Brady did just enough to win this game. Well, I think it's... It- it has to be considered probably the best defensive Super Bowl ever on both sides, you know. Yeah, the Bears had a great defense in 85, but they scored more points on, on the Pats. And then the, um, the Ravens had a fantastic defense in 2000 against the Giants, and but they murdered them in terms of scoring. So would you would you say this was probably one of the the best, if one of or the or the actual best defensive Super Bowl ever? I would think so. I, yes, in, in in that regard, yeah. I think I've never, I can't remember the last time that this that the uh, that there was no touchdown pass in a game. Right. Like was it three? Goal. Was it still three nothing going into the fourth? No, I think it was ten uh, three. I think it was ten three. Oh, okay. Yeah, but still, I mean, that's and and that's the thing. I think the Rams defense. I I think that once the Patriots scored that touchdown, they got a little panicky. That and then you know and that that last half of the fourth quarter they started giving up the long throws and stuff like that right um because uh, you know and look i'm not I'm, i've never been on a football field there and played football but i it just seemed to me that they got a little panicky because you know time was running down running down i but I, I mean i was impressed like you said i thought it would be a, a slobber knocker i thought it'd be just you know bombs left and right 35 31 type of score um well if you think about it think about this the last two Super Bowls that Brady played in, not including this one, which is the last three Super Bowls, um, in the game that he, in the Super Bowl that he won against the Falcons, he threw for 400 plus yards. Against the Eagles, he threw for 500 yards and lost. Wow! This game, he he threw for 260 and one interception, which was like at the beginning of the game, and, right? And that was it. He, you know, the one thing I think, you know, because they let Edelman be the MVP. My personal opinion, the MVP of this game is the punter. For both teams, because they kept kicking them deep and keep it, you know, keeping the field position, you know, pretty well for the defense. So, so that, you know, I think that's a, a big part of it too. Yeah, and and I, I think 
I read somewhere that the Patriots defense didn't get one vote for MVP. Yeah, and I thought that was a, it is really crazy. Um, that's the only thing crazier would would have been if Tom Brady got it. <laughs> well, right. Well, that's that just shows you how much of a. Uh, Offensively driven league, this is now. Right. Uh, I think if Tom Brady would have thrown one touchdown pass, he probably would have got MVP. But you can't look past what Edelman did. And it's no. funny, the next day on Twitter, um, Aaron Donald said, We, we had uh, Edelman under control. And I'm thinking, No, you didn't. What game was he watching? I, exactly. I mean, <laughs> listen, 10 receptions and 140 yards. Is a lot, especially for him, this little guy who's like five foot nothing and yeah. just running ragged all over the Rams defense. You know, uh, I mean, they had, they had Gronk under control. Like, God bless him for that. But you know, Edelman was was yeah. just. And, and think about it, Gronk had six receptions for eighty-seven yards, which isn't bad. You know, that's like, you know, probably one of his better games in the last couple. You know, the last few years, not the last few years, the last few games, he hasn't been really there. So, you know, it's. It's just ama- what amazes me is that it's Tom Brady can do whatever he wants, however he wants to do it. He finds a way to win, and you know, I, I think honestly, I think the Rams just came into this game running scared for most of it. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, look, you got a young quarterback, you got a you got a young coach. Um, you know, the defense did what they the defense. You couldn't ask anything more from that defense. You yeah. really couldn't. So. Uh, you know, someone's going to win, and 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 when, at least when the defenses are that even, it's probably going to be the, you know, whatever five time at the point or six time Super Bowl champion coach and quarterback. Um, and look, I don't like Tom Brady. I I don't dislike him as much as a lot of other people because my quarterback actually beat him twice, so I don't have that. You know, I don't have that sting of him beating me. Not me personally, you know what I mean, but. Um, I, I think I have to admit, as much as I love Eli, I after Sunday's game, I'm like, you know what? Maybe Tom is the GOAT. Maybe he is the greatest of all time. And um, because I think Brady is a year or two older than Eli, and he looks to be much, much better shape in terms of not physically, but just that his skill set hasn't diminished the way I think Eli's has. No, that's, you know, that's true. Again, you know, Eli... Listen, Eli's going to go to the Hall of Fame at some point in time. Mm-hmm. Brady's the GOAT. The difference is uh, Brady wins with, like, mediocre talent around him. Right. You know, Eli, he, you know, he doesn't have that. Now, again, listen, he's got Saquon now. And I don't know if he's going to – I think Eli should be leaving the Giants at this point in time. It's just not going to happen right now. But, yeah, I mean, Tom Brady, you could say one – you could say everything about Tom Brady except he can't be the NFC East – Right, right, and and my my thing is this: I, I, I after the game, I'm like, he could play. This is like, oh, him and Belichick going to retire. I'm like, why would they retire? Yeah, this looked effortless to them. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, to me, watching them <clears throat> go through the season, it just looks like like they're so used to it. And I don't, I can totally see him winning again next year. Well, I hope not. Um, but- <laughs> you know, if he doesn't get hurt or anything, but he doesn't like. You look at Eli play during the year. You're like, Oof, I don't know if he's got another Super Bowl in him. But I, you know, I looked at Tom. I'm like, all right, he might have one or two more in him. He's going to be what 41 next year, 42, yeah, something number like that. So, well, think about this. He's got- he made a deal with someone. I'm not going to say the devil, but he made a deal with someone. He went down to Georgia. Um, <laughs> so you know, he has nine Super Bowl appearances, six Super Bowls wins. The only other franchise in football that has six is the Steelers, and they did that in three different times. So, um, 
it's hard to say that the, it's hard not to say that these guys are the best. I can't stand them. Don't get me wrong. Can't yeah. stand them. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard. I would say I think they're going to end up retiring on, together because I don't think they want to be those guys that say, okay, if I retire and I don't win, the people are going to be like, well, you didn't do it without Belichick or you didn't do it with Brady. Right. So, They'll both leave hopefully sooner than later. <laughs> but, you think uh, they're both back next year, though? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Gronk, I don't think will be back. I think he's done. Uh, again, they'll just find some guy off the trash heap, and he'll have like sixty-five touchdowns, and it'll you know win the Super Bowl again. You know. Well, yeah. The only the only joy I'm looking forward to is when they do both retire. And cause the funny thing is, you and I growing up, except for that '85 Pats team, up until they got um, who's it, Drew Bledsoe. The Pats were awful. Yeah. So you could, you know, it was easy to make fun of them. So it'd be nice to go back to those times when we could just crap on the Pats. Anyway, so yes, this Super yeah. Bowl is the worst Super Bowl I've ever seen. Okay. <laughs> Let's say in that. In terms of, yeah, yeah. In, in terms, in of, terms of overall, you know, yeah. I think overall it was, it was bad. This is the lowest scoring Super Bowl ever. Well, wait, wait, wait. Let's, let's. You know, you saw, you've seen your team go to the Super Bowl and lose the Super Bowl. Yes. I've seen it happen. I, you know, I've seen the Giants go to five Super Bowls and lose one. And that one was gut wrenching. Right. Uh, and That's you've the seen the Raiders. Raiders won that game. The Raiders should have been in that Super Bowl against you guys, to be honest with you. Okay. <laughs> um, Tuck rule or something happened that game too. No, 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 no. This was, they lost to the Ravens in the championship game. The, the Ravens are cheaters. Um, anyway, everybody cheats with the Ravens. Um, yeah, you saw the Ravens. So you're saying this is still the worst. Well, you weren't emotionally. You meant boring, right? So boring. Okay, I, I, I think it's no. Let me. I think it's the worst Super Bowl ever played. Okay. Um, okay. I, obviously, the best game I ever watched was the Raiders winning the Super Bowl, and the worst one is. The, when they lost the Super Bowl, but if you're looking at all the Super Bowls as a whole, this is probably the worst Super Bowl that they've played, that I've seen, that I've actually watched. It's right. probably the worst Super Bowl ever. Um, again, it was the lowest scoring Super Bowl of all time. Um, second only to the Super Bowl three Jets versus the Colts, and that's when it was still the um, AFL versus the NFL. What was the score of that game? Sixteen to seven. Okay. And that's, well, that's the game Joe Montana guaranteed to win. Joe Namath. Joe Namath. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. I mean, um, Montana could have done it from wherever he was. but. <laughs> but uh, so think about this. In your lifetime, John, you've seen Brett Favre, right. Joe Montana, yeah. and Tom Brady. Yeah. And Peyton Manning. The four yeah. greatest players. And, and Dan Marino. Five of the greatest players of all time. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, yeah, I mean... Yeah, we see some great players play, um, but nothing but like Tom Brady. What he's done, it, it, it just it, it angers me how because he does make it look effortless. It, it's like the guy doesn't miss. I don't get it. I, know. I don't get it. He made a deal with someone. I don't know who. He just said you, you know. can win every Super Bowl you want. You just can't beat the you can't the beat thing the is, Giants or the, or the Eagles. This guy, <laughs> this guy is living every kid's dream. He's married to a supermodel. He's the best quarterback, not 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 the best football player. It's he's he's got the job you want. You want to be the quarterback, you know. He's, he's the best quarterback of all time. He holds all these records. He's got all these rings, and he was like a like a, what a fifth rounder or something six, out of Michigan. Six round pick, yeah. A six round pick out of Michigan. Okay. 
And you know, talk about underachieving. Was he even a starter at Michigan? No, yeah, he won a couple <laughs> games at Michigan. Yeah, he won. He was actually twenty and five at Michigan. Right. Right. So I mean, he beat Alabama when Alabama was. Alabama's always been good. And he got his shot because Drew Brees, not Drew Brees, Drew Bledsoe got hurt, right? Exactly. Amazing. So, I mean, it's, again, if you think about it, he's gotten, obviously, we said nine Super Bowl appearances. They've been in the AFC Championship game 11 years in a row. And it's funny, in the 17 years that Brady's been there, they've never been in the wild, they've only been in the wild card round once. Wow. Once. So... Wait, what can I say? I mean, it's... it's and then Belichick, he's a guy you don't want to like. And, and I, you know, like he's from the giant family tree because he was a giant. You know, he was on, I think he was a defensive coordinator for both their Super Bowl wins in 86 two, and yeah. 91. Yeah, he won two Super and, Bowls with that. you know, I want to like the guy, but he comes off such a jerk sometimes. And But you can't you can't deny his, it's, you know, who are you going to say is better, George Hallis or, or, or the guy that coached the Dolphins? Who was that? Well, yeah, Vincent, Vincent Barr. Shula. I still yeah. Vince Lombardi. I still think Vince Lombardi is the greatest coach of all time. Mm. But Belichick is—it's hard not to put him up there too. You have to. Yeah. Who who would be second? Tom Landry. You can't. You got. You got to give it to this guy. Yeah. He did. He did it with the same team in 17 years. You know, it's amazing. And it's so. with, and it's a different era too. You think about it. I mean, Vince Lombardi back then there was 12 teams that they played. This is yeah. 32 teams or whatever it is, and. Players change all the time. It is amazing what they've done. I'm sick of being happy about the Patriots. <laughs> yeah, I'm not happy about them. But you, I, I think the thing for me, I'm not happy for them because Boston fans are the worst fans. <laughs> um, they're not subtle about anything. No. But um, I'm not happy about it. But I'm finally, this is the I don't know why it took six rigs, but I'm like, all right, you earned my respect. <laughs> <laughs> You got six. All right, you're pretty good. Yeah, you're, <laughs> I'll my, give you. My thing is, you're done. Get out of here now. You got yeah, your, yeah. you got like, all your stuff. Bye bye. Yeah, I, that's how I feel too. I'm like, you know what? Here's my respect. Now, now go sit on the bench and let another team win. Just uh, get, you know, <laughs> spread the wealth. So I'm gonna uh, before we transfer over to the Hall of Fame. I just want to say, uh, have you seen the meme of uh, of uh, Brady what? dressed as uh, Thanos and he's got his sixth ring? Oh, uh, no, I didn't see that. And he snaps his fingers. <laughs> no, my favorite meme that I saw the next day was uh, Ric Flair with his with all his belts, and, and it just said, uh, Ric Flair has still got 13 more championships than, <laughs> than uh, Tom Brady. <laughs> I was like, all right. Let's take it into perspective. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So Ric Flair is the greatest athlete of all time. Yeah, he, he's the GOAT. <laughs> all right, so uh, that's our our uh, take on the NFL championship game. Was this the be- was this the the worst Super Bowl you've ever seen? Um, I'm trying to besides think. the losses of the Giants. Obviously. Right, right, right. Not losses; they lost one. Relax. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I, it was just boring. I think I was. I mean, if I was at a Super Bowl party, it might have been worse because you know, actually, it would have been a little bit better because there would have been good food there. But yeah, I, just the circumstance of me being home and traveling and being tired and watching this boring game. Yeah, I, I, and the commercials, there was nothing to write home about. Yeah, this is probably the worst one I've ever seen. Okay. Um, there was a Raven. Who did the Ravens beat last time? I thought that was boring, too. They beat the 49ers, who were actually at a party that you and I went to. Slacko. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's the one okay. that, where the lights went out, and all of a sudden the Ravens started, the 49ers started losing. Oh, okay. No, that was a good one then. There's <laughs> another one that I didn't like. I can't remember recently, but whatever. Yeah, I'll, I'll say it's the most boring. I'll say it's the most boring. Okay. 
All right, so Pete, we talked about a couple of the Hall of Fame quarterbacks and players, uh, definitely. Oh, real quick, Gronk Hall of Famer? Yeah. Edelman Hall of Famer? No. Ooh. He's still got a career going. You got a couple of years left, right? Yeah. I don't. I still don't think he's – there's so many wide receivers that need to get in there before him. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not sold on him yet. I mean, not yet, no. All right, respect. All right, so uh, as we said earlier in the show, the beginning show, Major League Baseball announced their 2019, their class of 2019 for the for the Hall of Fame. Um, we're going to go over that real quickly. Uh, I have the list in front of me. You probably do too. I, do. I don't. I don't have the list in front of me. I must have closed it by mistake. Um, so uh, I guess we'll start at the beginning. History's made. Yep. The first totally unanimous first time ballot ever, right? Yep. Given to Mr. Mariano Rivera. That is correct. Number 42. Um, number 42. Uh, number 42. The, sand, the Sandman, uh, the legendary closer. Yep. From the uh, New York Yankees. Um you know, one of the core four from their, how many did they win? He won five championships. From their five championships. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, relievers, let me ask you this, not relievers. Closers getting is a relatively new thing, right? It is fairly new, yes. I think Trevor Hoffman was the first. Maybe, maybe Lee Smith. No. Maybe Lee Smith. No, Lee Smith just got in this year. Oh, okay. Because uh, he was on that list with... Um, because Harold Baines got in too, right? We're, we'll talk yes, about that. Yes, I believe so. So yeah, Lee Smith. Uh, no, I guess maybe maybe Hoffman or Eckersley is one of the first two. I I, I can't say it on that off the top of my head. So I was thinking about this, um, Mariano, because the thing is, we we grew up watching Mariano, and his his fate about getting into the uh, the Hall of Fame was decided years ago, years before he retired. He was a shoo-in. So it wasn't a shock that it was unanimous. But I think we need to put this into perspective. So he did something that Babe Ruth didn't do. Mickey Mantle didn't do. Um, Michael Jack Schmidt didn't do. Um, uh, can, you say, you know, can you say Michael Mike Schmidt without saying Michael Jack? You want me to say what? Can you say Michael, can you say Michael Schmidt? Uh, Mike Schmidt without saying Michael Jack Schmidt? Uh, yeah, you ready? Okay. Michael Jackson. <laughs> That's what the problem is. Uh, you respect the man, Pete. <laughs> uh, just so off the top, uh, Holt uh, William, Wilhelm was the first uh, rece- uh, first closer to be inducted to the Hall of Fame, 1985. Okay. I don't know who he is, but thank you for that. Okay, so, but that's what Mo did. He did something. All these legendary, like, first of all, the fact that Jackie Robinson or or Hank Aaron didn't like get a unanimous ballot is dumbfounding to me. Exactly. Or, or like even Babe Ruth, like, wasn't he like the first person inducted when they built the hall or whatever? Yeah, he was one of the first. He was the first class. So, are you who's who's the dumb reporter going? I'm not voting for him. <laughs> a Boston guy, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Yeah, I forget who it was, but it it was like a big thing a few months ago that he was not going to. Uh, let Mariano be the, the first uh, guy. Un- unanimous? Oh, first wow. Unanimous guy. So they kind of, he got bullied into it or something? Yeah. Maybe, or? No, I, I guess he said, oh, I guess I'm, yeah, maybe someone said you're a stupid idiot, smacked him yeah. in the face and said, no, he really is, just because he, you know, destroyed the Red Sox five times. Yeah. You know, get over it. Yeah, yeah. So, and the guy did it with what? I mean, you know Mariano intimately more than I do. So, 
What, he was what a two pitch, three pitch pitcher. What did he have? He had. Um, he, he was really more of a one to two pitcher. He had right. the, the nasty cutter and obviously his fastball. Um, he was in the minors and he came up in '95. He was a. He was actually groomed to be a, a starter, and they moved him to the bullpen in '96 uh, when the Yankees won their first championship in 13, 14 years, whatever it was. And he was the setup man for. The next one, another great for uh, John Wetland, right? For John Wetland, yeah. And he did, uh, he did such a great job coming out for the seventh and eighth inning that they moved him. You know, they let Wetland go, and he took over the role in '97. And, and uh, just went from there, right? Right, right from there. '97, they actually lost in the the championship round, of the AFC championship, AFC, the AL championship game against Cleveland. They actually lost, and Cleveland went to the World Series that year. And they lost to the, the Cleveland lost to God for who they lost to that year. Oh, they lost to the Marlins that year. Okay. Okay. So, um, so at that point, he, you know, it was bottom of ninth. Guy hit a home, Sandy Alomar Jr. hit a home run to win the game, basically. Mm-hmm. But then he, you know, but again, still at that point in time, you know, at one point something ERA or whatever else, and that's kind of where his history really starts. Right. Right. And and the thing is. As a closer, he's called in at the most tense moments, always kept his cool, came in to enter Sandman, which, you know, 20, 25 years ago was was a big thing. Even Metallica was big, but they weren't probably as mainstream as they eventually got. And, um, yeah, he was just dominant. And uh, so, you know, good for him. Obviously, being unanimous, um, you know, in a couple of years, Jeter might get in unanimously, too. Who knows if this is going to start something. Um uh, just so can I go back? Let me just go back for one thing real fast. Go ahead. Um, you talked about those guys that didn't, weren't unanimous. Right. I'll give you a couple of numbers really fast. Babe Ruth was ninety-five percent. There were five percent of people that could vote did not vote for him yeah. first. That's uh, insane. The next uh, Ty Cobb was probably I think the next closest to Mariano. He was ninety-eight point two. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I think Ken Griffey Jr. might have been before that. But you asked me about you said Jackie Robinson, right? Yeah. Or Hank Aaron. Yeah, Hank Aaron, too. Yeah, sorry. Um, Mickey Mantle was 88.2%. So you can see that Joe DiMaggio was only 88.8%. He's probably the greatest center fielder of all time. So it's it's a, it's like I said, we, you know, to, to us, it was a foregone conclusion Mariano was going to make it. But to make it unanimously is a huge feat. Absolutely, it's a huge feat, and uh, well deserved. You know, it's this is not a situation. You know, even Boston fans can't. You know, we just gave props to Tom Brady begrudgingly, <laughs> but even even Boston fans gotta be like, all right, yeah, Mo earned that. You know, I there was no no cheating. He never had scandal about him. He never accidentally had a piece of sandpaper fly out of his back pocket. You know, <laughs> there's never any grease under his his uh, his his uh, baseball cap. Um, He's he's just pure skill. He got in yes. pure skill. And again, I think if you want to compare anybody to um, to Tom Brady, I think you could compare Mariana to him. Mm, Different sure. sport wise, you know. Right. Um, but yeah, so he again, I think that I like you said, nobody can sit back and say, okay, this guy shouldn't have been in the Hall of Fame. Oh, okay. So I'm looking. Ken Griffey Jr. had a 99.32 percent. He was the next one. That's a, he was the next one. Yeah. He was on 437 of 440 ballots. And still, that's, um, a, that's an, 
I don't understand. Like I, I, I understand, I guess. But how is some of the like you said? How is that? How is he not 100? percent How is all these other guys not 100? I don't know. I'm just. It, it, that's why a lot of people hate that the sports writers do this because they get the vote or whatever because they're like there's some grudges and stuff. And, and that's that's sad that. Look, the Hall of Fame has a lot of problems. They got, you know, Ty Cobb's a known racist. They got um, other, other maybe not so nice people in there, um, and people that should be in there, like You're Shoeless mean. Joe, be there. <laughs> and like Shoe, Shoeless Joe, you know, should be in there, but he's not. Um, but they, you know, people don't go by skill, and sometimes, sometimes writers, um, you know, I think even if Barry Bonds didn't get caught up in the PED scandals. He probably would have had the way too because he was never very media friendly. Well, you know, he wasn't media friendly, and uh, you know that's that's a good point that you bring up. Um, you know, but before his whole scandal with his the PEDs, he did have five hundred and something home runs before right before the you know this the, the steroid era started. Same thing with Roger Clemens. You know, he was a three hundred game winner before any of this other PED stuff started. And you're going to see as the, as the new sports writers come up and through, you're going to start seeing these guys from the steroid era starting to be put into the Hall of Fame. You think so, huh? Yeah. Huh. I think Cheers. in the next four years, you'll see Clemens and Bonds in there. Yeah, but I don't think you'll see... You'll never I don't see think McGuire or what's his name, Sosa. I don't Because they weren't Hall of Famers before the PEDs. Oh, I, I don't know. I think I, McGuire might have been, but... Um, I think the, the argument you just made saying, look, before they, you could tell they obviously started juicing, they were Hall of Famers. I think they'll get in. But again, but then you got like Kurt Schilling, who, I mean, I would think he'd be able to get in. But he, again, not a media friendly guy. Got some very kind of crazy views. Um, he and does, he's. That's what's killing him is his, his media uh, perspective on things right. that he said. Well, yeah. I mean, in a way, that's not fair. You know, you judge him by, by what he did on the field. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we could talk yeah. about. Other players, you know, like uh, P. Rose is in there. She, like you said, she was Joe Jackson. Uh, I think down the road, those guys will get. In. I don't know about Shoeless Joe, but I don't think P. Rose will ever get in. Not with the he's got like a teen, teenage girl thing going. Yeah, there, I don't right? think yeah. he'll ever get in until he, until he's dead. I, I don't even think. That, I think he misses. I think. I think he was slowly working his way back from the gambling thing, but then when this the stuff with the underage girl came out, I think he's done. Yeah, I think he's done. They can't. They can't do it. With a good conscience, I don't think. So but anyway, yeah, right. sorry. No, okay. no, I was gonna say let's go back to the to this year's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, induct- yes. So just let me give some quick numbers. Oh, you probably know these by heart. Yeah, this is probably your prayers every night. Um, <laughs> so Marion finished with 652 saves, most ever in Major League Baseball history. Um, you know, 1.0 career WHIP. I don't know what that means, but whatever. Uh, WHIP um, is. I don't know what WHIP is. I can tell you. Sure. WHIP is hits and walks per inning. So that means so he's only giving up one hit and or walk per inning. Per inning, correct. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, the right hand at the top of numerous lists, 30 save seasons. Oh, he's got 15 30 save seasons. Um, he's got 11 seasons with an ERA under two. Uh, 42 postseason saves. The next most is 13 by Lee Smith. That's insane. <laughs> 42, coincidentally, his number. And uh, 20... Consecutive save seasons. He has 15, 20 save seasons. Sorry, consecutive. Okay. Uh, yeah. So yeah, he he's definitely getting it. And um, so uh, he's got a band I, that I, sings a song for him. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. Yeah. 
All right, so I have. You want to say anything else? I know he's your he's your guy. Anything else you want to say about him before? No, we again, I, I think Mariano is. You know, you have the core four, and I think if not for him, and probably Jeter, that this team wouldn't win wouldn't have won five championships. Right. And I think that he did. I think one thing that Rivera didn't get was enough accolades. He could have been an MVP. Uh, I know that the MVP goes to these. Usually, he's going to the player. But there are some of these years that Mariano was the MVP of this league. Um, so, did he? Did he ever get a World Series MVP? Uh, I honestly, I don't know. I don't think so. Um, maybe, maybe the first one in '96. He might uh, '96. Maybe in '98, mm-hmm. he might have. But to my knowledge, no. I, I don't remember him getting an yeah. MVP. And there's never been a case of, of any reliever getting a Cy Young, right? Uh, no, I believe one has. Really? I think it was Eckersley, actually. Wow. So, so speaking of Cy Youngs, the next guy on the list is the late, great Doc Holliday. Love the Doc Holliday. And I know that you love Doc Holliday. <laughs> love Doc Holliday. Uh, Roy Holliday uh, split his, his career between the uh, Toronto Blue Jays and the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, me being a Philly fan, I remember I remember when I got the, the alert on my phone that we signed Doc. Um, that year was such a great year because we signed, I think we got Doc, Cliff Lee back, and Roy Oswalt in the same like like three week or four week period, and I was going ape crap. I thought I thought we were going to win like five World Series in a row. Um, well, you you signed the Phillies. You signed them. You like you're the Philly. Uh, the Phillies signed them the year after they won the the World Series, right in two thousand and nine. I believe so. That's when they got them. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, and they were. I think. Well, when they had the four aces, is when they won like a hundred and some odd games. Some crazy number like that. Uh, but yeah, so let's just talk about Roy Holiday real quick. Um, very uns- unsung in Toronto because he was never surrounded with a good team. Always pitched well. Um, apparently, uh, his thing was he, he started his career, he wasn't that great in his first couple of years. And he worked with a sports psychologist. And it, it seemed to be all mental because once he figured something out, he became the Roy Holiday everybody knew. Um and he, he swore by this guy. Like, he would he would turn this guy on to any pitcher he felt needed help. Um, and apparently, he this guy was pretty good. This is a psychologist. Um, but from, it's from 2002 to 2011, he was second in majors in ERA at 2.97. Uh, and that's playing in the American League, which is – that's American really League, good. Yeah. yeah. Um, he was first in complete games, 63, which you don't see anymore. Nope. Um, and shutouts, 18. And war for pitcher sixty two point six, um, and he outpaced all of the pitchers. His his number, you know, obviously with sixty three complete games, you're pitching a lot of innings. Um, he was durable. He hung in there. the The pitcher after who had the most complete games was CC Sabathia during that span, thirty three. So he had thirty more than the next guy complete games. Um, Just to put that in perspective, the way the game has changed. Jim Palmer, I believe, has a hundred, uh, maybe two hundred complete games. Career-wise, yeah. Um, oh yeah, you're never going to see those numbers no, eclipse again. No, you're never going to see it again. I think um, Doc is is in that. He's he's at the end of that era where pitchers would go eight nine innings. Yeah. And then you know, and as he ended, you know, now we see pitchers going five or four innings. Not even. I mean, <laughs> you know, the Phillies the Phillies got this manager now that's into the sabermetrics, and I, I, he's changing pitchers more than. You know, he changes his mind. It's ridiculous. Um, 
it, it, like some of these starters would go like four innings and they'd be fine and he would pull them out. You know, he famously got crapped on for, I think, the second game of the season for take or maybe it was the first game of the last season. He took out their ace after four innings. <laughs> Everything when he's winning, they're like, what are you doing? Anyway, so, yeah, so Doc is the last of a dying breed. And um, well, it's funny because Doc, it, obviously, he spent his first 10 to 12 seasons uh, with right. the Blue Jays. Right. And then he went to the Phils in 2010, where he won 20 games, 21 games. Tw- and two, in 2011, he won 19 games. And those are his only two good years because he played two more seasons after that. He got 12, hurt. 13, yeah. he got hurt. Uh, and he kind of, you know, obviously, he slowly had to retire ultimately. Right. So I got to tell you, I got to tell you though, Pete, just because I, those first, especially obviously those first two years, watching him pitch was just amazing. He was so good. He was so calm. Nothing phased him. He had, I think he's the only pitcher with, with, uh, with two no hitters in the season with one of them being a playoff, no hitter. Yeah. You know, his first playoff game ever it took him like 13 seasons to get to a playoff game. Because again, he was not surrounded by a good team in Toronto, uh, and he uh, throws a no hitter against Cincinnati. And um, wait, yes, Cincinnati. And he threw a no hitter in the season during uh, against Florida. Um, the guy was just phenomenal and fun to watch, and I, I got to meet him. Um, it's a long story as to why I got to meet him, but I, you know, at the, we were at the game. We sat. He had a, a, a box called Doc's Box. Um, we got shirts, we got hats, we got autographs. Um, just a just a great all around guy. He gave his practice, his warm up mitt that he was warming up with. He gave it to a kid that was sitting in the Doc's box with us. So we were passing out around the box looking at it. I told my nephew to stick him in his shirt. We didn't do it. Um, just a really nice guy, tall guy too. Just a very generous guy. Uh, my question to you is this: If he didn't, I, I think he. Not as automatic, obviously, as Mariano. I think he was eventually going to make it into the Hall of Fame. Do you think him passing kind of fast-tracked him as a first balloter? Or yeah. do you think he would have been first ballot anyway? I think, he, I, you know, on, I, I'm going to be honest. I think Roger Clemens should be in before Doc Holliday. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, obviously, other circumstances for Clemens. Um, I think Doc Holliday, he's on the cusp. I think he's a, he's a great pitcher. Um, he probably got in because of his death. I hate to say it that way. Um, you don't think in a couple of years he would have gotten in eventually? Well, yeah, I, I think so. like because the other guy that got in with him, Mike Mussina, they're kind of the same pitcher. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Doc Holliday had a lot more. The 2000, you know, from 2006 to 2012, he's probably the best pitcher in baseball. Right. Um, ultimately, so. As most Hall of Famers, you have to have you have to be the. I would think now baseball's changed a lot. The Hall of Fame, it's been really watered down. You if, to get in the Hall of Fame, my thoughts are you got to be the best player at your position, or even in the league, for six to ten years. Okay. And I don't know if he. I, I guess he's he's on the cusp of that. So right. I, I think eventually he would have got in. I think this is fast tracked because of his death. But again, he's been retired. For what six years? Well, he died when? When did he pass away? He died last year, I believe. Last year, so his or, last or the end of twenty seventeen. All right, yeah. so he he retired on in two thousand thirteen. That was his last year playing. 14, right. 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. Well, this so, is his first year of eligibility. Right. Eligibility. So, right 
I think he's fast-tracked. I think if he's still alive, one, I think he would have played more, to be perfectly honest with you. Well, no, he, well, he retired. He got uh, that's right. Sorry. Right. Um, so I think maybe he might have been next year. So, yeah, I think it might have been yeah. fast-tracked. But See, this is my thoughts. I think he, he would definitely have made it to the Hall. I don't think he would be first ballot. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I don't think he'd be in this year. No, I, I yeah. think I think he would have gotten a high percentage. Um, I think they would have made him wait a year or two, especially because it, you know um, Mariano's in there, uh, a couple other pitchers. It seems to be a pitcher heavy. Mike Messina made it. Yeah. it seems to be a very pitcher heavy uh, class this year. Well, that's the thing. Like we said, Roy, Roy Halladay and Mike Messina are kind of the last guys, and I, there's one guy left really. Ultimately, and it's CC Sabathia. You're not going to see a pitcher have, you know, end their career with 250 wins. Right. You know, these guys, I mean, now, how they only has 203, but like I said, he was probably the best pitcher in in the league for right. a good five or six years of that. And I think I think they include the fact that he was not surrounded on a good team. Like, Toronto, I don't think, made it to the playoffs. And his, yeah, they never made it to the playoffs. Because remember, his Phillies playoff game was his first ever. So, um, let me, what do you need to get in, 70%? He'd have seventy-five uh, percent to get. Okay, because Schilling this go around got sixty point nine percent. Right. You think they eventually have Schilling in? Let's take a quick detour. Um, probably. I think eventually. Yeah. Like I think all these guys, like I said, in that or in that era of the um, of the steroids, will get in. I think honestly, I've been in the Hall of Fame before. The, they need to put a, a place where it says this is the steroid era. Really? Yeah, I think that you know this is the this is the leading question. Now, listen, in the seventies, it was they were popping pills and doing all these other things. In the eighties, it was the coke and all that. Yeah. And, you know, every every everything has. I mean, every era that has their own thing. Yeah. Like now, it's the the you know the um, creatine. The, well, not in the creatine, but the the, the the all the this year like this season now all these. It's all the uh, the metrics that everybody's looking at. Oh, uh, the sabermetrics. Sabermetrics. So it's a different it's a different way of looking at the game. Um, I don't like the way baseball is now. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't like the sabermetrics. Yeah, I don't like it either. I like your leadoff hitter is the fast guy. The, the second guy is the guy that gets moves people over. Right. And the third guy is your best batter. These guys that are all that are all waiting to get into the Hall of Fame are those guys that played in that era. Um, not to say some of the guys that are playing now can't get to the Hall of Fame, right? Um, but I so I think eventually Kurt Schilling is going to get there because you're going to start seeing, like we see now, the Edgar Martinez, who didn't play a position. He he was a DH. He well, let's him. you know let's let's talk about Edgar. Well, yeah. You know, unless you have anything more to say about Roy. No, I'm I, I, I finished with Roy. I thought he was a great pitcher. It's a shame yeah. he, he Me passed too. away. Great, great guy, great pitcher. Uh, dude, he was 40, younger than us when he passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. I think, and then again, I don't think this is a big deal that he got in first ballot because I think he eventually would have made it. No, Maybe I, not this I'm year. not. I don't think. It, I'm not like. Oh my god! I don't think why did he get in? Right. Right. It's not a pity vote. No, no, think, it's yeah. not a pity vote. Yeah. Absolutely not. So, all right. So let's talk about Edgar Martinez because I have a real problem with this. He, I, you know, yeah, he's. He, I mean, he's most known as being a DH, right? Yeah. I don't like that. I don't think you should get in just because you, you get up four times a game. You sit the bench until it's time to take a bat. I am not a proponent of the DH. And you know, yes, I like a, a National League team. I've never liked the DH. I don't get it. 
if you're on the team, you should play. You should hit, you should pitch, you should throw, you should field. Uh, well, it's funny you say that because I am a component of the DH. I think that eventually both leagues are going to have it. And I say that because they want to extend careers. Uh, a DH, now you have whoever, the guy that can't, you know, look at look at David Ortiz, who Edgar Martinez is, has now lit the fire to say, okay, well, then I guess David Ortiz is going to get in. Oh, he has to get it. Yeah. Um, I think David Ortiz is better than Edgar Martinez. Right. And by all means, Edgar Martinez was a Yankee killer. He could play, you know, he can hit the ball like anybody else. Um, I just don't know if he played, obviously, I don't think he played enough games in the field to say, okay, uh, you know, he's the, a player. But again, baseball is around the DH. So now it's part of the game. So it's like in for football, I'll put it like this. No, no NFL punter got into the Hall of Fame until Ray Guy, right? He's the first right. punter to get in. So, Edgar Martinez now is setting that trend. Yeah, but the, I mean, the punter is—that's your job. You come up through college or whatever, and you're a punter. You get you get hired by the team to be a punter. Edgar Martinez started in the field and stuff like that, and they're like, "All right, well, you're crap in the field, but you can hit. So let's let's invent this position for you called the DH." Not specifically him, but you know what I mean. I agree. So I, I just don't – I mean, and th- I, look, I think another reason you and I are not enjoying baseball the way we used to, it's definitely – look, we're kids of the 80s. Baseball was awesome in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot different now. Not just the sabermetrics. But I didn't every- like the 80s because the Yankees stunk. <laughs> I'll stick with the <laughs> Yeah, but Donnie, Donnie Baseball was all well, Donnie Baseball was there. Who's not in the Hall of Fame, by the way? Um, yeah, what's that about? Um, so – it's all specialized now, too. I mean, you, you know, I've, talk, I've talked before about the, the manager of the Phillies changing. You know, he would change. He'd have like four pitchers in one inning because are we eventually going to see a left-handed specialist who threw three pitches a game make it to the Hall of Fame because he could get lefties out? I mean, it's ridiculous. Jesse Orozco? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I don't like that it's getting that specialized. I, I just don't I don't like it. Well, here's the, here's the argument with the Hall of Fame. You have guys like Don Mattingly, who who was the best in his position for probably five or six years, and then he got hurt. But he played. You know, he right. played. He didn't go to DH. I mean, he probably DH'd the last year or two of his career uh, a little bit more. Um, but he didn't, you know, he played the field. Um, you have guys that, um, I forgot where I was going with this. There's other players out there that, that are, uh, you know, so like the, the special. You're talking about extending their careers by becoming specialists. Right, becoming specialists. Like, you know, you could be a starter, but then as you get older, maybe you are just that guy that gets lefties out. Yeah, so you, you're either, you either, to get in the Hall of Fame, or, you know, the way baseball was or is, you have to have your, you know, these great years. Now it's, you know, it's starting to say, okay, well, it's more, we're starting to see the specialists get into the Hall of Fame. Where, you know, look at Jamie Moyer, who pitched for 45 years. He may not have the numbers, but the guy pitched forever. Why isn't he in the Hall of Fame? Because he pitched forever. (laughs) Right, but that's the thing. You know, the Hall of Fame used to be about you are the best player of your era. Right. And we don't have that anymore. Right, Jamie Moyer's uh, an illusion because the number of years kind of inflates his numbers. I think he eventually got 200 wins. But he had to play almost 10 years longer than most people that probably got 200 wins. So, um, 
yeah, he's not going to make the Hall of Fame, and I think he'll be the first one of the first to tell you he probably doesn't belong in the Hall. And I love Jamie Warrior; he was on the on, on the Phillies. He 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 won a World Series with them. But look, um, look at Jamie. Here's Jamie Warrior's stats. He's got 269 wins. Okay, granted, he's got 209 losses. Um, he's his ERA is four. He's he started 638 games. He pitched 4,000 innings. He's got 2,400 strikeouts. Right, that's what I'm saying. Those numbers are great numbers, but aren't they great numbers for someone that pitched 21 years? No, but you know? I mean, if you look at his <laughs> 97 to 2005, right. he had 20 wins twice, right? He, I mean, he had 15 or more wins each of those times. His numbers are much better than Mike, uh, than Roy Halladay in the sense of his longevity. I, I mean, even his last... His last three years, he won 16 games with the Phils. Yeah, yeah, but you never looked at. <clears throat> he played I don't know, 25 you, years. You never looked at Jamie Warrior and said, "There's a great pitcher." You know what I mean? You never did. No one. I, I don't, look, like I well, said, I love Jamie point. Warrior. You have, like you said, the specialists aren't getting in. If you're going to do it by the numbers, this guy's in. No, but I'm saying the specialists will eventually get him yeah, because that's will. the way the game's changing, and I, I don't like that. No. And we're talking about Edgar Martinez is what the second or third DH to get in. Yeah. Um. And I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't know. I'm just not a big fan of that. No, I just but think, like you said, baseball's changing. I mean, you're, we're going to see <laughs> in the next four to five years, if not earlier, the the teams are going to be having, you're going to have nine guys pitch a game. They're right. Each going to pitch an inning. And I think that we're going to see that the, uh, you know, the, that the, the rosters are going to grow because of all this specialty. So, yeah. yes. Uh, I think Edgar Martinez, I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer or not. His numbers are good enough to be an Hall of Famer, obviously. But when you think of he's got 85.4% of the vote. Mm. You know. But it's his last year, right? Wasn't his last year of eligibility? His 10th year? Uh, I don't. I, it I think so. Yeah. yeah. But he got 85% and Mickey Mantle got 80, 88%. I mean, it's crazy. That is crazy. That is crazy. All right, let's talk about a guy who... I, and I'm not saying he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. I'm saying I don't know enough about this guy. I think he, I think he played the game. He was quiet about it. If he was good, he was good. If he's a Hall of Famer, he's a Hall of Famer. God bless him. Um, but it's not a guy. If when I again, I don't follow, follow the Yankees. So when I heard he got, I was like, oh, he got in. Uh, only because I'm ignorant to his skill level. But he was. He did play the game quietly. He wasn't loud, or, or you know, he wasn't one of those guys in the greatest pitchers of the era conversation. Um, but I guess he was steady and he, he got his numbers, and that's uh, Mike Mussina. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about him. I'll talk about Mike Mussina. Okay, so Mike Mussina was a guy that never won 20 games except for his last year as a player in 2008. Overall, he's got 270 wins, which is the threshold. Now, you know, it used to be if you wanted to get in the Hall of Fame, you had to get 300, 300 wins. And obviously, right. as baseball's changed, we, you know, especially um, he pitched in a, in, a, in a he pitched in the American League East his entire career. Okay, so he pitched with the Orioles for 10 years and then with the Yankees for eight. So he was playing the best, quote-unquote, teams pretty much his entire career. Um, He was always steady. He never was injured. Um, You know, he's got 19 wins like five or six times, four times, sorry, Uh, 18 wins five times. So the guy, you know, he was... He's from Stanford. I think he graduated from Stanford. Um, he's probably one of the most cerebral pitchers out there. 
he definitely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I actually would put him in the Hall of Fame before I I put Kurt Henning, uh, Kurt Henning, Kurt Schilling. <laughs> I would put Kurt Henning so. in the Hall of Fame. Uh, <laughs> Kurt Schilling in the Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, I'm reading the stat, which is amazing. Uh, this is coming off of ESPN. Part of what made me see his career so hallworthy was the success he had in the era and a division that boasts a ton of offense, the American League East. In 91 to 2008, we've seen the face a total of 25 players already in the Hall of Fame, allowing a 247 batting average to those 25 Hall of Fame players. Yeah. That's impressive. Think about guys who he pitched against. He pitched against Clements. He pitched mm. against Holiday. He pitched against... Um, Pedro Martinez pitched against Kurt Schilling. These are the guys that he pitched Dave against. Dave Cohn, Andy Pettit, Dwight Gooden. Exactly. He's on Baltimore. At the time, Amen, right? sister. You're right. Yep. Andy Johnson. Yep. So, uh, Exley. And you can, you know. Pedro and, Martinez. Exactly. And this is just the pitchers that he faced. Think yeah. about all the players that he faced. Like all the said, hitters he faced, yeah. 25 Hall of Famers, you said. Yeah, as of this vote, yeah. So I was. I'm, I was kind of surprised that he got in. This is his first first year eligibility as well, I believe. 9, 10, 11, 12. Get your fingers out? <laughs> no, so this is, I think this is like fourth year of eligibility. And he had like 25 starts through most of it every season, I think. Yeah, except for, pretty much, except for one or two of them there. His first year, obviously, he had 12. Um, he, this guy pitched 30 plus games, I think about 14 times. You don't see that anymore. No. I think, and I'll, will you ever see it again? So no, like, absolutely not. Uh, yeah. He's in the same realm as Greg Maddox, Tommy Glavin. Uh, he definitely should be. And, and, of course, Ray Halliday. But you understand what I say? He was, he was like, quiet about it. Yes. You know what I mean? He wasn't that the name. His name wasn't brought up when people, especially in that era. You were talking about Pedro. You were talking about Clemmie. You were talking about uh, a Glavin and Smoltz. You know what I mean? You, you never heard me seeing this name uttered. He just, he's another guy kind of like Holiday that came to work, did his job, and went home. Um, so, yeah, I, like I said, I have no opinion whether or not he should be in it or not. I, I, I'll take your your non-biased <laughs> view of it. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm non-biased <laughs> in regards to, you know, I hate, Mike Messina is one of those players. He's like Roger Clemens. I hated him. It's like yeah. out on my team. So they got on your team. Uh, I love them. Um, so before we wrap up this up, one more thing. I, I mean, did you want to talk about the uh, non whatever, like the other people they let on? Well, you know, we could touch base real quickly on uh, like Clemens and Bonds, which we already did. No, I mean, the uh, don't they like have legacy people in or something like yeah, that? They, do. they have. Um, oh, yes, there is one. Lee Smith got in, voted in by the uh, seniors. Or no, do you, God, I'm sorry. No, God. Well, I was going to say, do you think he should have gotten in through the regular vote? Who? Or do you think that Lee Smith or that this this was? Yeah, I think he, I think he, sh- I think his time was due. I think he should have been in. Again, um, I don't think they should be putting anybody in until they put Clemens and Bonds in. Yeah. Uh, that's just my opinion. But yeah, I think eventually Lee Smith should have gotten in. See, Lee Smith is kind of like Jamie Moyer, um, but Lee Smith, like, Lee Smith had a lot of years. But there were a few years in there that he was the best pitcher, best reliever in baseball. Right. Right. Uh, so that's the only difference. Um, Harold Baines, on the other hand, should not be in the Hall of Fame. Was he a DH or? He was a DH and he played a little bit of the outfield. He's kind of like Edgar Martinez. Okay. Uh, the biggest thing with him is that the guys on the committee, the 16 the sixteen man committee that put Lee Smith and Harold Baines in, uh, four of them were his buddies. Wow, that's nonsense. So there's a lot of talk now, about whether Harold Baines should be there or not. 
Is the committee, uh, are they Hall of Famers or are they they're oh, yeah, not writers? Tony La Russa was one of them. Rob, oh, okay. Ro, uh, Robbie Alomar. Uh, they're players, owners, and right. um, managers. Wow. So, you know, Harold Baines, don't get me wrong, was a great baseball player. Right. He's not a Hall of Fame baseball player. All right. And who else? Is that uh, it? I think that's it, right? Those are the one. Harold Baines okay. is the most, uh, the one that shouldn't be in there. I he mean, shouldn't be in there, yeah. No, listen, he's got... 384 home runs. He batted 289. Um, you know, is is his numbers good? Yes, but that's also again. He was like, a Brewer. He was. He played everywhere. He played with oh, okay. the White Sox. He played with the, you know, the the Rangers. He played with the A's. He played with Baltimore. Uh, he played 22 years. So yeah, if you're if you're in the league for 22 years, you're obviously going to. Um, accumulate numbers, right? right but he right. never was the best player in baseball. Yeah, and that's okay. you know that's this is what I feel. But I don't get to choose, so yeah, you know, no, I, really, I respect him. that opinion. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, for him, yeah, for him. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, Pete, it was, it was fun talking sports with you today. Yes, it was. That's something that we time. need to do more often. Well, I, I might have. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> depends what depends on the topic, because, again, I, I'm very narrow with my sports so on talk, purpose. Let's on talk purpose. about the uh, we'll talk about the devils and the uh, we'll just talk yeah. about 2004, de- 2003 devils. Yes, I can talk about that all day. <laughs> um, yeah, but it was fun. And uh, yeah, two great topics, Super Bowl Hall of Fame. Uh, Pete, where can people find check guys? They can find us on Anchor. If you go to anchor.fm. You can also find us on iTunes, Google Play, wherever else, wherever they have podcasts, you can find us. And you can definitely check us out on brothersinarmchairs.com. Excellent. Where they have, right. where they have all of our stuff. Yes. Yeah. It's um, all, all the other shows. Nerd and Me, Enter the Nerd Zone, Defenders of the Realm, and stuff you don't need to know. Yep. They're all there. Yep. And then a shout right. out to our uh, geek friends, uh, Geek uh, Geek United. Cafe. Geeks Unite Cafe, yeah. right? That's Ellen. Yeah. Ellen, yep. And then hopefully we'll see her because we'll be talking about Steel City Con in again the next, in the next couple <laughs> months again. Uh, so look forward to that too. Um, and yeah, that's where you can find us. And uh, you know, let's do it. All right, awesome, Pete. Yeah. I'll see you on the road. Yes, sir. <laughs>